Welcome to Empowered Conversations. I'm your host, Susie Petrozzi. This podcast will take you on a journey of personal growth and self-discovery through conversations with special guests that will inspire you to live the life of your dreams. Get ready now for an Empowered Conversation. Welcome to Empowered Conversations. My next guest is Dominique Amendalia. Um, Dom is also a good friend. Dom is also a neighbor and we've some, we've had some great conversations over the past however many years of, you know, for as long as we've probably lived next door to each other. And I've been inspired following his entrepreneurial journey over the last few years. And I really wanted to, I wanted to share his story. I wanted to share his journey. I wanted to unpack it a little bit more in terms of what's, um, what's taken him to get to where he is now. And where he is now is really, really cool and really important in terms of the technology that he's been working on um, that has massive implications in in so many different areas. And it's actually working on the shopping trolley data management system. So when you look around your area, we're in Sydney's inner west, but you will see this across all of Australia, across the world, as a matter of fact, you will see a lot of discarded trolleys. Um, unfortunately, some of them end up in rivers. Um, you'll see them on the streets, you'll see them being vandalized and they create, they have a huge inv- um, impact on our environment. And many years ago, um, which we'll find out how, Dominic had a solution for that and he started working on the idea. Now, Dominic hasn't just kind of come blindly into this entrepreneurial journey. He's, um, got, he has many years in, in the area of um, retail operations and senior management roles, in fact, spanning 30 years. Um, and he says even longer as an everyday consumer, which is important when we understand where this has come from. So, Dom, thank you so much for being open to having this, having this conversation. Thank you, Susie, and thank you for having me. We have uh, we have had many years and, and many conversations uh, about uh, several topics uh, over the years, and, and they've all been quite um, insightful as well. Mm, mm. I've watched, look, John and I, um, so John's my husband for those listening who haven't heard me mention him before. We've, we've been, you know, we've been, uh, privy to be part of your journey as in to listen, to see, um, to see your ideas, to see this incredibly important, um, a solution developed for what I've just shared, but tell me more about what is this? You know, what do you, what have you been working on, and why do you see it's like, um, you know, it's it's a it's a necessity. It's like a must for given given what's happening, um, I suppose in in the retail industry when it comes to the um, shopping trolleys. Well, yes, Susie. There's there's several parts here. Okay, so so first of all, it's the um, it's the user experience, the end user as consumers, and we're all consumers. So 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 part of what I looked at in uh, in addressing the abandoned shopping trolley issue, if you will, uh, for retailers, it's 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 the lost, stolen, and abandoned shopping trolleys. It's costing the retail industry in Australia $100 million a year and globally over $2 billion, net to be, that's $2 billion globally per annum, which um, results in what we pay for goods in, in stores because they have to recoup those costs. So uh, leaving that aside, what I looked at was how can I facilitate, what could I do to facilitate 
the tracking and retrieval of, of these shopping trolleys and, and how we could do that in a way that benefits consumers as well as retailers and the communities and the environment in which we live. So, so we set out on a journey and I set out to develop a coinless shopping trolley lock and GPS system. And so that journey spans since 2017 to, to, to date and, uh, and it's been an exciting journey. Uh, but bringing it back to a user experience, as we move through the current pandemic with COVID, what we've learned is the use of cash has has um, has reduced, and the fact that people don't want to be picking up coins uh, and and the like to insert into into those shopping trolleys, and the scanning of QR codes. Uh, so something that I developed started development back in 2017 uh, was scanning a QR code, and the trolley lock would unlock. Um, and so today, we, we fast forward to today where. Uh, the use of QR codes is now part of our everyday life and will continue for the for the foreseeable future. And so we've been able to develop a tangible QR code. So you have a, an app, you scan the QR code, and a physical lock actually unlocks and you go and do your shopping. Uh, it takes a virtual deposit, if, if you will, and when you return and lock that trolley, you get that deposit back. But here's the kicker. The... the, the the further, rather than created as a, as a punishment of losing your $2, we've gone to the retailers and said, with this app, with this platform, mm. you actually don't need a deposit. You can incentivize a return. So we can say to your customers, return and lock your trolley, and we'll give you some bonus rewards points. And, and what that looks like is entirely up to the retailer. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. Mm. So, okay. Um, you, you mentioned that you 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 were you know looking at what solutions you can provide. But can we just go back a little bit? Like, how did it come to you? How did this idea come to you? So, I'll probably step it back a little bit further than how did it come back to you. So, as, as you know, and, and for, for for the listeners out there, I come from a family business. My parents had fruit markets. I often say to people. You know, I was born in a cabbage bin, or um, you know, <laughs> the, the 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 chief cabbage peeler, if you will. Um, <laughs> and really enjoyed. Uh, I, I left school and, and, and worked in that environment, and really enjoyed it, loved it, and learned a lot about business in general from my father. Um, and and then moved into the supermarkets after my parents retired, and spent the best part of twenty years in supermarket operations so understanding the customer journey and what the customers needs are within the shopping environment and, and what the pain points are for, mm. for costs what i started to see was the frustration in consumers not being able to access a shopping trolley in those locations that have the coin locks mm. or in the locations where the, the the wheel locks up and all of a sudden this trolley comes to a standstill and you know and somebody's got a, a a, a trolley with $300 of groceries fully laden and the trolley comes to this sudden stop. And and I thought about in the back of my mind, there has to be a better way. And as all of us embark on life's journey, we often think, should I, shouldn't I? Mm -hmm. Do I take a leap of faith? Do I stay working in a stable job with a great salary and all the rest of it? Mm. So that's where the homework began in investigating what else was out there. 
and of course made the decision to to take it full time. But one of the things that one of the things that really stood out to me was a a gentleman come in. A trade, he was a tradesman, a couple of kids in tow, you know, after school. Uh, kids are running around everywhere. He's trying to keep them together. He's wanting to go and grab a trolley. doesn't have a coin. You can see the frustration, trying to control the kids. Goes to the service desk and asks, you know, I need, I need a trolley. The girl trying to follow the company says, you need a coin. He says, I don't have a coin. And then... This is the, the young lady says, okay, well, you can withdraw some money. Do you have a card? Withdraw some wow. money. And, of course, this guy blew up. And then it took, you know, somebody to come along with a little manual key and say, hey, no, no, I'll just, you know, we'll get this trolley unlocked for you. But mm. by that stage, he was angry. And I thought, this is just not a journey that somebody should experience in supermarkets. And more and more people... Um, we're having the same problem, you know, and, mm. and they, they could relate to that. So, well, I can, yeah, we can. I'm yeah. sure we can all relate to it. Yeah, yeah. it's so true. I mean, I, I honestly cannot remember the last time I had coins in my pocket, and the moment I do, when I get home, they're gone, they're out. Mm. And mm. so the journey began mm. in 2017 to focus my time on this. Mm. Can I ask you something, just at that point, but how, like, you know, you, you said, should I or shouldn't I? Yeah, should I or shouldn't I? What, what Was it just seeing more of those real-life scenarios like the man, you know, with the kids in tow who got really frustrated and angry that, that you know, helped you to kind of cross over in the, yeah, I'm doing this? Like, what was there anything else? I'm always curious about... How do people step into that and then then claim that idea and go with it and start the, you know, the the, the research and then the business development? Was there anything else? You know, as I alluded to and what and, and you so eloquently pointed out earlier, coming from a family business, I suppose there was always this air of wanting to do something on my own, be my own boss, or or have that entrepreneurial flair. Mm. Uh, and, and of course, when you're in a stable job and you're earning good money and everything's great and, you, and you're owned by that company, you, um, you don't really often think about it until it's a, it, what everybody calls it's that aha moment. It's that when the penny drops to think, you know, there's something else out there and, and it's going to take sacrifice. Mm. You know, you're going to have to leave your comfort zone. But, um, people that are a lot wiser than you have always said, back your own ability. And often in life, we don't do that. We don't back our own ability. We, we come up through the corporate world where we're made to feel as though we're just not good enough. You've got to go that little extra mile to get somewhere. Anyway, so that aha moment came into play and mm. I just made that decision uh, based on my years of experience. What my dad, God rest his soul, back in his day used to always say, mm. Don't second guess yourself. Mm. Do it. Don't be the person that sits back and says, oh, my God, I've seen that. That, I had that idea 10 years ago. Yeah. Mm. Back your own. And I did. Mm. Mm. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Um, so 
what happened next? Like you already talked about, you're going to make sacrifices. Like did you, 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 st- you already, you already begun the research. Um, what, did you know where to start? Like how did you then guide yourself? What did you, um, I understand that you were in, in, you know, retail operations. So you knew about business, you knew around management, but this was a different journey. You know, this is you on your own, like really on your own, right? Um, and, and on your own in revolutionizing something like being a disruptor of, of what's out there. So yeah, what were the next steps? How did you continue to back yourself? Well, this is where family and friends come into play really well. That, that, that circle, um, that support network was very important because it does become a lonely journey. You're out of this corporate environment. You're out of this buzz of the business world and all of a sudden you're on your own. Now, mind you, there was a few years of homework most nights mm-hmm. before it was made. And yes, and then we're stepping into a tech space. We're, spe- we're stepping into a, you know, an environment that was foreign to me, it was alien to me. Mm. Um, so it required a lot of focus, reading, studying, trying to understand the place, searching worldwide patent databases most nights of the week. Mm. Um, and, and then without giving away the intellectual property, yeah. as you and John uh, no, you know, it's bouncing the ideas, the general ideas off your family and friends and really making sure that what we, what, what I was doing was grounded and, and had legs. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I love how you say that, grounded and had legs. But for you, like, that goes back to when you don't know something, the importance of research, reading, learning, focus is what gives you legs or what what can potentially give that ID um, legs, right? That's right. It's, it's, it's that ability to, and, and, and it's like when, when you work for somebody and you give that 110% and you're there every day, mm. you need to do that and more when you come out of that for yourself and mm. the sacrifices are made. So it, it, was, it was all about the, the learning curve, the understanding, and, and I keep going back um, you know, my father said to me, I was 18. I thought I knew the, I knew everything in the world at that time. And we were, there uh, <laughs> <laughs> we all. Like, yeah, <laughs> I knew it all. And, uh, and he said to me, son, son, stop. You know nothing. There's a whole life in front of you. Mm. Every day you're going to learn something and make sure you learn every day. Mm. And you never stop learning. The minute you think you don't need to learn anything, pack up and go away. Mm. Yeah, well said. And so I started to apply that philosophy, if you will, um, in thinking and 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 started learning. Mm. Mm. So it was a lot of what Dad had said to you. Like it was really his kind of his own wisdom and philosophy around not 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 just business but life generally. Yeah. Yes, a hundred percent, and and so very lucky and probably blessed to have had that family support and upbringing. Mm. And, and I suppose the other part was, you know, throughout my working career, a lot of people often said to me, "Why are you working for a company? You really should be doing something for yourself." And and you often just take that as a little compliment or mm-hmm. um, salt, 
And in the back of my mind, there was always something itching to break out that that I needed to do something more, something different. And, mm. and when I started thinking about this, it came to the surface and then mm. crunch time came and I made that decision and I put aside everything from a career point of view mm. and invested in myself. Yeah. Can I ask you on that? Like obviously putting that, – that's a big leap to take and I can – I know what it was like for me to take a leap to leave my, you know, public health job or the security of it and then just dive into into doing what I'm doing. Um, but I, I, you know, I was, I had a lot of things ready, you know, referrals, you know, it, it's a different arena that we're talking about. Um, this is leaving everything but not having anything necessarily ready to go into that's immediately giving you that, um, the returns. So um, that that can be scary, right? I mean, maybe you've had some savings, maybe there's been some of that that's kind of propelled you forward, but how have you managed or did you have, um, you know, moments of doubt? Did you have moments of, oh, um, what if? Like I, I know you, Domin, I know that your focus has been, um, uh, you know, the word that comes is unwavering in terms of um, what you what you wanted once you made that decision. But how do you keep that focus unwavering? Yes. Um, look, there were many nights where I started to second guess myself and and really think about the what ifs. Hmm. And 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 I, and I go back to again my father that. You know, he's always said, and he'd always said to us and and my brothers and I as we grew up, Mm. there's two little voices in your your ear. There's one sitting on your left shoulder and one sitting on your right shoulder. One will always start to put a seed of doubt into you and Mm. the other one will give you confidence. The one that you choose to listen to is the one that's going to pave the way for you. Mm. And that doubt also comes about because, and you would know this, and, and many listeners would know this, when you're working for somebody else, as I said before, mm. you always made to feel as though you've got to go that little bit extra. You need to, you know, you're just not good enough. Great job, mm-hmm. great position, but you've got to go a little bit more to get to the next level. And so that, you know, psychologically in the back of our heads fills us with some self-doubt. Mm. And so to overcome that, I kept coming back to the fact that this was a necessity for consumers. It was mm-hmm. a necessity for business, and it was a necessity yeah. for our our communities. And so that they, then those three points became the mantra of the company. The mantra of TDMN mm-hmm. is made for business, designed for customers, better for communities and environment. Mm-hmm. And, and so I suppose I just kept bringing myself back to. Speaking to people outside of my circle, going to a, a research and development company that was full of engineers and, and people with bachelor's degrees that filled an entire wall. Mm. And and when I spoke to them, they actually couldn't believe the knowledge that I had. I come out of that meeting thinking, wow, I actually know a lot more than I gave myself for. <laughs> yeah, because of the research that you've done, is that right, Tom? It's the research I've done, mm. but it's all life experiences, business experience. Yeah, and of course. Yeah. it's not until you're outside of your comfort zone speaking mm. to 
circle that you start to realize actually how good you really are and, and how much you actually know. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the important part of all of it is invest it in yourself. And so we invest, I was, you know, Susie, I was working 78 hours a week mm. when I was working in, in that mm. corporate, you know, environment. Um, whereas now I'm doing similar, but it's an investment in me. Yeah, yeah. Mm. What a different time. Yeah. Um, and we often, and I've said this to some friends because being out of that world and they're still in it, often mm. conversations will be around some things within that workplace. And, and I find myself offering that same advice, back your own ability. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, you know, so, so just coming back to what you were saying is when you've gone through those, when you've second-guessed yourself, um, essentially what you stay focused on and what you kept remembering is why you're doing this, which is the purpose of the business and you, partly your purpose as well, how you're going to do it, which is your mission and then the vision. So you stay focused on the vision, purpose and mission of this, which is so important. Like even, you know, through, through anything, when we're going through anything. Um, and so... I want to then ask, though, how you managed um, because as you kept developing the idea, as you kept, um, you know, working with the research development company that you mentioned, then it was, you know, that that kind of developed and um, developed the next stage, which is um, meeting stakeholders of, you know, the the big shopping organizations you know like Woolies and all of those and what was that like and what did you learn from that because they were big things right so <laughs> the business world is full of sharks say that again the biggest world <laughs> business world oh the business world uh-huh and and so you know, you, 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 we go in, I went, you go in with this brilliant idea, you know it's going to revolutionise and change, mm. but they're not going to admit to it in the first meeting. They'll probably say no four times before they say yes the fifth time. Mm. And that's a test of character as well, your business resolve. Mm. So dealing with the R&D company was, was, was challenging as well because you're in a world where they talk a language that, they're so familiar with and, and they know that the rest of us aren't. And so it was keep bringing things back to perspective or going back home and, you know, getting a report and, and doing my homework so that when I went to the next meeting, I was equipped with the up-to-date lingo, if you will, mm. and what was going to come out next. Mm. And I didn't pretend that I was going to be a coder or learn how to code anything, but I needed to understand how it worked. Mm. Fact. The technology of scanning a QR code and having a tangible result, which is the physical lock unlocking, was my brainchild. In the first meeting, their engineers and developers said to me, can't be done. A QR code simply redirects you or gives you information on a URL website or within an app can, you know, log you in or something, but mm. it can't do anything. And I said back, there's no such thing as can't. We're going to do it. And we did it 18 months later. Mm. 
then dealing with the retailers, well, that's a different world. Um, and, and the procurement world, and as anybody that's dealt in any sort of corporate procurement role, you know, they're not the right word. I've got to be careful here. They're not as forthcoming as you would like them to believe. I think in one of the meetings, and we were you know, having a discussion, and, and this particular gentleman didn't realise my background and, and had, you know, told some uh, tall tales. And so when I came back with actual facts, he was a little bit taken back. And then the next comment was, oh, you can't believe a word that comes out of my mouth. I'm a procurement manager. And um, and sort of that set the scene for a little bit of a chuckle, but also uh, to pave the way forward towards, you know, some trials or, or potential trials. Mm. So it's challenging. Mm. They they don't look at it the way you and I look at it, or or any of the listeners that may get onto onto the Facebook or, or LinkedIn pages and see the technology and think, wow, this is a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look at it and they'll crunch the numbers, which we've made the business case stand up. But then they'll say, well, do we really need to change what we're doing? We spend, and you're dealing with egos. This 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 is a person that spends, you know. $40 million of the company's money each year buying new shopping trolleys because they're losing so many of them. And their decision is, well, I want to keep doing what I'm doing because I've always done it that way. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't benefit anybody. Mm. It's it's a, You've got to learn, and I, I've written many books and, and sort of tried to educate myself in how to navigate those conversations. Mm-hmm. And that's an investment in me. Mm-hmm. So tell me more about that, like with specifically with um, regards to navigating those kind of conversations and then you say it's an investment in, in, in you, you know, what do you mean? Like how do you navigate those kind of conversations? Well, <laughs> it's difficult, but it's, it's it also comes back to know the business space that you're in. So mm-hmm. for me, I was, was fortunate that I came out of that retail environment, so I knew the business space. Mm. It was then understanding that side of it and the trolley world and the tech world and how that came together. Mm. And then incorporating into my business model the advantages and the value-added that we could put onto this product, Mm. not just unlock the trolley, like, as I said, but incentivize a trolley return or, you know, the future Mm. of a store where, you know, you could – you can self-scan your products or, you know, the, the Amazon goes in America where you've got a trolley that scans everything you put in it, um, have this device that actually protects and tracks the trolley. Mm. For the moment, it activates your account. You put everything into that shopping trolley. You walk out, you get your, you get your bill sent to you electronically, your credit card's charged, you unload it into your vehicle and you return and lock the trolley and you get 20 points. It goes towards your next shopping, whatever mm, it may be. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was about having those conversations and putting the future prospects on the table, but also being honest. Yeah, you know, I was very honest in, in regardless of what they were trying to tell me. Um, I was very honest in the business case study. It's probably a little bit conservative in, in how much money, how many millions we would actually save the retailers, mm. especially the big ones. Um, and it all it all stacked up, and so the resilience then comes in is is, is keep going because they're never going to say yes in the first go. Mm. 
Hmm. That's not obvious if you've done. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's it's what you talked about. You mentioned at the beginning, like know your stuff, research, because it's easier to navigate conversations, um, but also be honest. And um, some of those things can help can help when you're. Um, well, when it comes to putting your business idea forward, but you know, there's something that you said, which is really important. No one's going to say yes at the first time, which is, and it's nice to idolize, you know, to kind of idolize that, to have that as, <laughs> as a possibility, but it doesn't happen, does it? Um, which my, my younger one, my kids have learned, well, they know I'm not going to say yes the first time they say, can I have chocolate or can I have watch TV or can I have an iPad? They're learning that now. <laughs> it's like, no, let me ask a different way. <laughs> Um, and that's what you're speaking to Um, but you're so focused on why this is important what this can how this is going to revolutionize um, the retail industry but more so like it's it's about the environment and the cost that this is having you know there's a there's a really um, confronting image on your website um, on tdm.com.au I think it's the first page and it's oh no, it's about us and there's like a whole lot of shopping trolleys being pulled out, right? Um, and I don't think that that's not a made-up image. Like maybe that's – like that's that's real, right? Susie, that's from, uh, that's from a wharf in uh, – I believe it was in Port Augusta in South Australia. Oh, wow. Wow. The with the ABC. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Removal of that. Okay. Removal of 500 dump shopping trolleys begins at regional South Australia wharf, right? Okay. Which is the actual blog. Okay. So it is confronting and, um, you know, um, I'm good on you for following that idea and for trusting and for backing yourself. And so where are you at? Tell me where is, where is TDM at at the moment? I'll just say something on that. So, mm. Besides cost, that local government more than fifteen thousand dollars to do. Mm. They're trying to that cost from the retailers. But the point is, within our local government areas, why should the councils be be spending all this money and more sometimes with abandoned shopping trucks? Where mm. they should be spending the money on ensuring our 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 walkways are clean, clear. Mm. There's no damaged footpaths. The parks are accessible for, for us and children and elderly people. That there's some disability ramps available for people to actually get down to some of these parks. Not on shopping trolleys. Mm. Uh, but that's just a little bit of a passion point of mine. So, and I think when, when I look at the product and I look at what we've got to and where we are today, mm. and then I look around the world, I mean, there's very few products that you can actually say this actually saves retailers millions, gives the, the end user, the consumer, mm. a very simple user experience, but also puts powerful functionality at their fingertips. And it's a benefit to our communities and environment. There are very few businesses and products that can go along and say, we've just ticked all three boxes. Mm. And I'm really proud that we've been able to do that. So where we are today, I can't talk about some of the companies because we signed yeah. um, NDAs mm. and, and it's not hard to work out who those companies would be. And um, But let's talk Harris Farm. So Harris Farm have adopted um, one of our techs. So what you're seeing with CoinLock is, uh, sorry, with SmartLock is um, 
is one of our products. We have many within the suite of, of products. So mm. Harris Farm, we're currently trialling our smart track system with one of the Harris Farm stores. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we were at the local government association conference in Canberra in June before the, before COVID uh, locked us down again. So, you know, again, it was um, it was it was a blessing that we got to do that. And, you know, the, the response from councils and, and mayors right across the country, there's about 200 of them that, that gave us their details, was mind-blowing hearing stories of the issues they're having, you know, all the way over in Western Australia or the city of Marion in South Australia or the city of Palmerston in, 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 in the Northern Territory, they're all having mm. the same issue. Um, mm. and, and recently, Willoughby Council had passed a notice of motion to GPS track trolleys within their local government area. Mm. And so that puts us on a really good playing field because in the past, what what's happened is they've mandated the use of a coin lock system or they've mandated the use of the wheel lock system. But those two companies... Uh, foreign-owned companies, foreign entities, most of that money that the retailers spend with those companies goes offshore. We're the only Australian-owned company that's doing this. We're the only one in the world that's got the coinless mm-hmm. trolley lock and GPS track system as one. And so having the fact that a council very quickly has, has already passed a notice of motion for the technology, they haven't specified us, which, which I mean, which is fair enough. We need to be put on the same playing field. Now it makes a big difference, and and everybody recognises that coming out of this pandemic and moving forward, as a country, as consumers, as business operators, we need to be supporting Australian businesses more and more now and into the future. Yeah, and we've done that. We've partnered with. Uh, uh, an R&D company that's based in North Ride. Mm. We've partnered with, uh, with, a, with an, an injection moulding plastic manufacturer out in Minto. We've partnered with an, an electronics component manufacturer based in Riverwood and, um, and a mechanical parts and, and fasteners you know, with a company that's located in Marrickville. Mm. Mm. So yeah. my employees are all Australian-based. Yeah. The, the app, app developers are all Australian. Hmm. And so we've now created an economy That's within awesome. Australia with this industry that didn't exist three years ago. Hmm. That's exciting, Dom. It's really exciting to see it, how far it's come and and hopefully within the very, very near future we'll, we, will be, we will be seeing this smart lock um, systems on trolleys, right? And it's like a no-brainer at the moment. Just we have to... Um, almost fast-track this, um, it'd be great if it can be fast-tracked. I know that everything has a system and, you know, process, but I, I know that we will be seeing this in the near future. So, um, like, congratulations to you. And, yeah, you know, I'm, you should be proud. I know you are proud. It's it's amazing to see it unfold. And there's so much to be said then for just going with that idea, nurturing it, but then researching, knowing your stuff, um, especially if the passion is there and you are very passionate about that. But also you're very you're someone who's quite um uh guided by reason and logic. So there's passion but then that's backed by reason and logic in, in what you're doing and how you deliver um how you deliver information. Um I wanna ask you now, it's been two you know, it's been how long? Oh, four years now since you've been working on um on this. 
Um, how have you grown as a person? Uh, Susie, I, first of all, thank you very much for having me on. It's, it's an absolute pleasure um, and for allowing me to speak so openly. Um, how I've grown is, uh, is tremendous. I, I've, I've realised that you, you never stop learning and I'm learning things now at my, and, I'm, and I'm 50 um, that if you asked me five years ago, would I be learning, I, I would have laughed. Mm-hmm. And so, so you never stop learning. That investment in myself, I think, as as confident and as and as and and and, and, and I like to say, as good as I was at my at my job, um, I'm I'm filled with a greater confidence now than I ever was in my career, even in my young, you know, copier days. Um, and I'm grounded. I'm a little bit more grounded. I'm, I'm more relaxed. Mm. And I've learned that that investment in myself is not just about reading and research and, and developing my mind and, and my um, inexperienced areas, but it's about saying I need to take, take time to myself. So tomorrow morning when I get up, the first mm-hmm. thing I'm going to do after, you know, I make my bed every day because that's the first job because that sets the scene for the rest of the day yeah. and ask is complete is many days and, and I'll just go for a walk or mm. it'll be lunchtime and I'll, which I never did before, I would rarely take a lunch break. And most of us know this in, in that corporate world, you, you're almost eating at your desk or you're, 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 you're on the run having lunch where I've taken that time to say, this is me time. Mm. Mm. And that feels the passion. Mm. That 30-minute walk, and we're lucky in the, in an area we live and, and, mm. and it's quite a walk. But that 30 minute walk, in the times when, when you asked me in the times where the self doubt creeped in, you know, I would often, um, and you know, everybody's very, very different. And, and so, you know, I would often speak to my dad mm. and ask for that guidance spiritually. Mm. Um, I would just break away and go for a walk and out of nowhere. I mean, I think it happened once I was having coffee with you and John and then something just popped into my head and I thought, I've been, I've been wanting this for a long time and it just and it just popped in at that most random moment. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and I suppose that's how I've grown as a person. Thank uh, you. Yeah. This. Thanks for sharing that, Dom. Um, yeah, because it's one thing to see all of this. Um, it's one thing to see it. Um, come to fruition in the way that it is, but it's really nice to get the undercurrents of it. What was the foundation of it? How you, um, how you were involved, what you had to do as a person and certainly what were the challenges and the sacrifices. So I really appreciate it. Now, can you please promise me one thing that when this really takes off, right? Can you promise me one thing? <laughs> Can you still bring the lemons and the mangoes and the persimmons? Because we still like those. <laughs> no problem at all. And we need to have that coffee. It's been so long. COVID has really stuffed us around. But, um, yeah, look forward to having an espresso and um, celebrating. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you know, what a journey. What a journey, Dom. Um, congratulations. Um, yeah, it's so – it's being a privilege to be part of that journey and it's going to be a privilege to see it 
become mainstream. Thank you, Susie, and thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Thanks for joining me today on Empowered Conversations. Subscribe to the show now and then head over to my Facebook page, Susie Petrozzi, for free personal growth and self-discovery tools that you can use today to be present, be powerful, and be on purpose. See you next time for Empowered Conversations. Conversations.